This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. It's Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Khanem. And this is Jamal Dijani. Jamal, we have uh, a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about the no deal of the century. More information has been leaking out about uh, the grand Kushner, Trump, Rosenblatt, Netanyahu deal. We'll be speaking a little bit about that. But I think uh, before we get to that, we do need to speak a little bit uh, about what happened in Gaza last week because, you know, 110 people were injured, 24 were killed, four children were killed, a pregnant woman was killed. I mean, the devastation that the Israeli military wrought and brought to a civilian Palestinian population. And, And I might add, on the eve of uh, Ramadan, the holiest month, you know, for Muslims in the world. Uh, There's no other way to describe it but absolutely devastating. And I think we should spend some time talking about a few things. Number one, this is the first escalation of, uh, uh, of this kind of warfare against the Palestinian civilian population in Gaza since 2016. So it's been a number of years. The nature of the warfare has changed a little bit. And the, the bleakness of, of the attacks and the atrocities of the attacks were pretty significant. So I think we should take some time to, to talk about that a little bit. Uh, you summarized it uh, very well, uh, Just But first, I'd like to wish uh, uh, our Muslim brothers and sisters happy Ramadan. Uh, this Ramadan is, uh, Mubarak. Ramadan Mubarak or Ramadan Kareem for all of our listeners in the San Francisco Bay Area, but also uh, across the globe, uh, our listeners and followers on Facebook Live. And for uh, people who uh, don't know, you know, uh, you know, this is a, an important month uh, for Muslims where mu- Muslims across the globe basically fast from dusk till dawn and uh, give give up all uh, human pleasures i would well, say well it's it's <laughs> that's putting it mildly yeah. Jamal, because actually as it turns out it's a very significant event uh, it comes uh, you know basically a month cuz it's on the lunar calendar it's not on the that's right. You know, it's not on the more traditional solar calendars or Gregorian calendars. This is a lunar calendar phenomenon. So it kind of occurs earlier uh, every year. And you're right. There is uh, supposed to be no eating, drinking, or engage in, in a lot of activities, including intimate relations with your partners from sunup to sundown. Mm-hmm. And then you can break the fast. But then at night, you know, you're supposed to spend your time in uh, recitation, specific, unique recitation from the Quran mm-hmm. to bring you more spiritual connectedness. That's right. So happy, uh, happy, Ramadan. Ramadan. Uh, happy Ramadan, everyone. Ramadan Kareem, Ramadan Mubarak. So I want to delve into the no deal of the century. Let's talk about the and no because deal of the talk century. About, everyone talks about the deal of the century. And I'll tell you what we know and what we don't know. Okay. okay? And this is something can from... You, can you contextualize it for everybody? Well, you know, and this is something now we're getting bits and pieces from Kushner on one side, from leaks in the Israeli media, and, and, and so forth. Right, Jess? This is really... 
a catastrophe. This is the grand finale of this whole Oslo illusion. Disaster. And disaster that has been created. I mean, this is something for people to listen very carefully to what is being concocted now. Palestinians have went through several miseries and catastrophes. You know, everyone talks about the Nakba, and we talk about the Naksa of 1967, and I say Oslo was a catastrophe. It was. And all the attacks that we've been seeing on Gaza and elsewhere, and the ethnic cleansing, and the killings, and the settlers taking over the land, and the killing of children, and killing of pregnant mothers, and so forth, that has been going on for more than seven years. I would say the grand finale, this is what has been concocted now. Just this is really serious and very serious to our listeners. This is the so-called deal of the century, which I call it the no, no deal of the century. It's a conspiracy to really finish the Palestinian struggle to end any, of, any dreams of uh, independence. And if people are going to fall, to it, I mean, and I'm I'm talking about people who are representing Palestinians from all factions or governments or whatever. Then this will be a disaster. I mean, in my opinion, Palestinians are going to reject it. That's why I call it the No Deal. You really believe that they will reject? They it? will reject it. And I'm be talking about the average Palestinian okay. living and living and st and staying steadfast on, on uh, in their homeland or in in the diaspora. The agreement for what we know, Kushner has already said it in, in, in he did not mince words. He said, forget about dreams of having an independent Palestinian state. We're not talking about that. This has been totally neutralized. So I don't know what these folks who are sitting in Ramallah and wherever, uh, those who have supported Oslo, those who have basically made Palestinians drink the cool aid of Oslo, if they're listening or not, forget it. The, uh, Trump, Kushner, Friedman. I mean, look who's negotiating. Well, look, look, look who's talking on behalf of the Palestinians. But, but there's nobody. Have, there's no Palestinians. You, 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 you have an, an American ambassador sitting in Tel Aviv who for decades supported Israeli colonial settlements. So what are you going to get out of him? I mean, he is basically the representative of Donald Trump in the White House, and we know what Do Donald Trump is capable of doing. His representative, the United States representative sitting in Tel Aviv, is someone for, who for so many years supported, supported both financially, politically, the illegal colonial settlement movement. Right. You have Gerald Kushner, who Benjamin Netanyahu used to sleep in his, in his bed in New Jersey. And these are the ones who are now talking about the deal of, of the century. century. So now what we know about the agreement, there is no independent Palestinian state. Forget number it. One, number That's one. That's number one. Number two, all the settlements according to this deal, and I know this from many, war, I mean, from many sources, uh, Jess, they're going nowhere. So Israel is going to be annexing all these settlements. They are going to be keeping this whole area. I don't know if people are familiar with the different areas, Area C. Area C basically is going to stay under Israeli control. And that's a big chunk. That's more than 11% of the land in the West Bank. And I'm not talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem has already been annexed, right? So Jerusalem right. has been already annexed. 
So the settlers, the settlement block, settlers are not going to be evacuating a single settlement. This is according to the deal. Jerusalem, as you know, is gone. It's non-negotiable according to Trump, Kushner, and, and company. Gaza, right? Gaza, they're supposed to have, according to the deal, and by the way, I, I, should, I should go back. The deal of the century, they're talking about improving Palestinian lives. In other words, not really, though. economical it's about econom ventures. No, it's about creating a slave giving market. Giving Palestinians, no, sinking them more into, into debt and so forth. Right. So for Gaza, they say that uh, the Palestinians will lease land from Egypt to uh, establish an airport. So Palestinians will be paying rent to Gaza for an airport. That's all. This is, this is what they're saying. And now let's talk about the supporting states. The money, 70% of the money will have to come from the Gulf states. Right. From, and, and we know how Trump has been basically squeezing the Saudis and other Gulf states. He's, he pretty much said it in different, under different terms and scenarios. You know, you make a lot of money out of this oil. You better give us more money, blah, blah, blah. So the Saudis and the Gulf states are supposed to be paying for this deal of this, the so-called deal of the century. And then only 20% come from the United States and, uh, 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 and then another 20% 20, uh, 20 maybe will come from the United States and another 10% will come from the EU or something like that. So 70% will come from the Gulf. from the Gulf states. No military, Palestinians will have no military, but guess what? They will Palestinians have a, will have to pay Israel to, for protection money. I'm not kidding. No, I know that. Palestinians will actually have to pay Israel for protecting them. From what? From invasion <laughs> from other countries, right? Uh, and, 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 and so some of the terms that they, you know, we've been reading here and there, Hamas will have to deposit all its weapons, including personal arms, with the Egyptian authorities. Hamas members, including leaders, will continue to receive salaries from supporting countries until the government is formed. The border of the Gaza Strip, including the maritime border, will be open to the movement of goods and workers to Israel and Egypt as the current situation of what they call Judea and Samaria, which is uh, the West Bank. Within one year, democratic elections will be held and the government of New Palestine will be, it's going to be called, by the way, New Palestine. This is how they refer, the, you know, that within one year, democratic elections will be held and the government of New Palestine will be elected and every Palestinian citizen will be able to run for election. And uh, Wow, this is so insulting. The border between New Palestine and Israel will be open to the movement of citizens and goods, as is the case with friendly countries. A highway connecting the West Bank and Gaza Strip will be established. China will pay 50% of its cost, while South Korea, Australia, Canada, and the U.S. and the EU will pay 10%. I, I'm just telling you what you read. The Jordan River, the Jordan Valley will remain under Israeli control. Road 90, by the way, will become a four-lane road. Israel will issue a tender to widen the road. New Palestine will be given two new routes to Jordan with crossings under Israeli control. Israeli so the same, you know, yeah, same you deal. Know. This is what we call the no deal of the century, but this is the Kushner-Trump deal. The Kushner-Trump-Netanyahu Basically, it's the total surrender of... You know, Palestinians basically, and the elimination of any 
dreams of having an independent uh, Palestinian state. Well, that that's right, Jamal. That's a really uh, excellent analysis and summary. To put it in, to put it into the context, I mean, let's remember that uh, the in in 1948 in historic Palestine. 800,000 Palestinians were forcibly removed from their homes and villages and forced to live as refugees. And today that remains the largest refugee problem in the world. So you have the, the, the colonization and occupation of historic Palestine in 1948. Another further colonization process occurring in 1967 with the uh, takeover and, uh, of the West Bank and Gaza. And then you have you know, 1993, as our listeners know, with the infamous Oslo Accords, which created a framework that everybody could agree upon, Jamal, that there would be a two-state solution, one independent state for Palestinians, one independent state for Israelis living side by side. That's, that, that has been the fiction since, the since 1993. Now, you and I have been long-standing critics of the Oslo Accord for lots and lots of reasons because it didn't give full autonomy to Palestinians, it didn't resolve the refugee problem, and it didn't assign you know, legitimate sovereignty to the Palestinians. So every administration since the Oslo Accord, the general international consensus has been uh, sovereignty for Palestinians and a two-state solution. Here we have, with the election of Donald Trump, who has been... Um, I think it's fair to say fomenting at the mouth saying that Jared Kushner was the only person in the world who could solve this problem. And he put Jared on the case for the last two years. Jared, as we know, and we've talked about this at length on Arab Talk, has been jaunting all over the world, especially to Saudi Arabia, trying to finance this deal. You know, time goes on, time goes on. You know, the the Saudi uh, kingdom uh, murders, uh, you know, Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, there's big upset going on. Netanyahu looks like he's going to get indicted. They delay, they delay, they delay. And Jamal, after two years of promises... What we're left with on this no deal of the century, no input from the Palestinians, no prospect of sovereignty, no prospect of uh, sovereign borders, no independent way to protect themselves with a military, no ability to solve the refugee problem, and no ability whatsoever to have any control or destiny over their future and a claim to, you know, what is under international law, so many rights that Palestinians have, including the Palestinian refugees. To say that this is a no deal, Jamal, gives Jared Kushner too much credit. I want to just quote for you what Jared Kushner said this week. Jared Kushner, speaking at a conference on uh, the Middle East and other topics, had the audacity to say the following about his peace plan. He said, this is not exactly a quote, it's a paraphrase, but he said, people are tired of the Palestinian issue. <laughs> and he said, we have, United States and the world, have given Palestinians and the Palestinian people more money and more aid than anybody else in the history of the world. More money and more aid. More aid and more money than any people in the world. And he said, 
the world and the United States, we, the United States, this is Jared Kushner talking, have not received anything in return for all this money. Well, my jaw dropped to the ground, Jamal, obviously, when I heard this. If you just fact check, if you just scratch below the surface, Jamal, I have breaking news for Jared Kushner. There is a place in historic Palestine that has received more money and more aid than any country, than any people, anywhere in the history of the world. And I can tell you, Mr. Kushner, it's not the Palestinians. It happens to be the state of Israel. That's right. Has received consistently billions and billions of dollars. Some people have said and suggested and articulated and calculated that it has been, you know, anywhere from 65 to $90 billion over the course of the last you know, four or five, maybe, you know, almost five and a half decades. So Mr. Kushner continues to spew out not only falsehoods and lies about, you know, this this thing that he's going to be presenting. What he wants to say, Jamal, and this is the branding, he says, we cannot do a deal with the Palestinians. The, the Palestinians are ungrateful, Jamal. We've given them all this money. So the best we can hope in our deal of the century is to not include a Palestinian state, is not include sovereignty, is to not solve the refugee problem, to take more money away from the Palestinians, and essentially, Jamal, create a Bantustan of slave labor. That's really what this is about. They want to create— That's right. They want to create the China model— the Vietnam, the Vietnam model, the South African model, some apartheid model where you have cheap labor, the Palestinians, that are going to make goods and be given pennies for their slave labor. Well, here's the question. I mean, the question, there are, of course, well, there are many questions. And many again, questions. if you have joined us late, we're talking about the what we call the no deal of the century because now we know all, we know some of the details, they, they might change some, and th- some of the details basically came from the mouth of Jared Kushner, others came from leaks to the media and so forth, which I will summarize it again, the agreement basically is supposed to, there's gonna start talking about it, and this is a question, after Ramadan, and the question is why wait after Ramadan? We know well, why. Well, we know why, yeah. because that's when Benjamin Netanyahu is scheduled to try to form his uh, government. He hasn't even been able to form his government yet. And also they don't want to drop the news on people during Ramadan and oh, right. and get some riots. Oh, but you forgot on. another point about who controls Jerusalem. Yeah, so, no, no, I did. I said, so the first thing, forget about an uh, evacuation of any settlements. settlements. No. You know, this is, the settlement blocks in the West Bank will remain under Israeli control. So you can forget about the illegal the entire, settlements. entire area. See. Jerusalem, it's off the table. Jerusalem is going to be under, oh, it's going to be under Israeli control. It's the capital of Israel. But Palestinians will have a municipality uh, in the areas where they have a majority, like East Jerusalem, but which will kind of uh, work with the greater or Jerusalem municipality. I think they want MBS and Saudi Arabia so, to so, have an so the, you know, rule too. So, so then the Palestinians, you know, under the new Palestine, will will pay taxes and water costs to the Jerusalem <laughs> municipality. You know, I'm not, I'm not making this, this up. Gaza will have to rent an airport from uh, Egypt in Sinai and pay for it. So they'll have an airport. And 
uh, the Gulf states and, and Saudi Arabia will have to foot the bill for more than 70%. 10% will come out from the EU, 20% uh, the United States will pay for it. Palestine, the new Palestine will not have a military, but then they'll have to pay protection money to the Israelis. And Hamas will have to surrender all of its so let me weapons. So let me ask so you. These are me, the details. Let me ask you a question, Jamal. <laughs> right. What? It's kind of a it's kind of a weird question, but um, maybe not entirely. You said that the Palestinians would never accept this deal. I mean, you and I know that any Palestinian, uh, living or or dead, <laughs> would never accept this as. Uh, any kind of deal, deal of the century or no deal. This is not something that Palestinians will ever accept. But you intimated that even, and I'm sorry to use this term, but I, I, I feel like we need to criticize the Palestinian Authority just as we've criticized everybody. But some of the lackeys in the Palestinian Authority under the leadership of Abu Mazen are being pressed big time to accept this deal. Are you saying or suggesting that even Abu Mazen will reject this deal? I'm not saying because I don't know what's going to happen. One thing I am sure of, the Palestinians at large, both in Palestine and in the, in the diaspora, because, by the way, they're saying forget about the refugees. Forget about so the refugees. So you're talking about 50% of the Palestinian uh, population, population right. is out of the equation. So I know for sure Palestinians will reject this because, as I said, it's a no-deal. And they've been putting and exerting tremendous pressure uh, on the Palestinian Authority. Uh, not just through, of course, not just the United States, but squeezing them through donor countries, especially Saudi Arabia, Gulf states, and so forth. Right. I mean, the Palestinian Authority is bankrupt. They are bankrupt. They know it. And all this talk, and I said, they sold some of the Palestinians the cool aid of Oslo. Many people, unfortunately, have drunk the cool aid of right. Oslo. Right. So maybe, and I'm just saying maybe, you know, just like when people drink alcohol, eventually the effects run out. So maybe some of them are waking up now and saying, oh, uh, gee. I don't know. It's... Uh, 2019, and we have nothing. No, we, we have, have less than nothing. We have less than nothing, Jamal, and, because they've taken more land. And the we Palestinian Authority nothing. is weaker than ever, doesn't have, doesn't have any money. If, if Saudi Arabia doesn't write that check, they won't be able to pay the employees. And the question is, and we keep hearing these threats from Abu Mazen, Saab Arakat, and others, if they don't do this or they don't do that, we are going to disband it. What's taking you so long? No, but that's long? my. But that's I my. Mean, that's my I mean, I mean, they're gonna wake up one day and Jared Kushner, not even Trump, he's gonna just slam that deal, that folder. He's gonna go to Ramallah with Friedman and Greenblatt and Greenblatt, and they're gonna throw that deal in their face and say, "You better accept it. You better sign here, or else." See, I have a— And, I, and that's my—this is the big question no, but, mark. No, but, but this is what I'm worried about. I, I don't even think they're going to get Palestinians to—I to, don't even think they're going to do that, Jamal. Here's my prediction, uh, and this is my prediction before Jared Kushner um, is indicted, uh, which I still believe is going to happen uh, at some point. 
I believe that the United States is going to create with the Israeli government a de facto deal of the century that does not include the buy-in, the agreement of not just any Palestinian, which it is, you know, their right to participate in this discussion. They're going to do the deal without the Palestinian Authority. They're going to do the deal and just say, here is de facto what is going to happen on the ground. Take it or leave it. And they will institute this plan because what they want, Jamal, they want the land. They want, they want three things. They want the land. Without the people. They want Palestinians gone. They don't want Palestinian Arabs, Muslims and Christians and of all faiths on historic Palestine. And they want nothing to do with Palestinian refugees or the diaspora forever. So I know you like to think that maybe some people in the PA are waking up. You're much more optimistic than I some. am. I said some. Some may up. You're more optimistic about that than I am. I fear that the more likely scenario, while Trump is in office, and he may only be in office two more years, that he's going to do this deal with Kushner, Netanyahu, and the, the, uh, the medieval kingdom of Saudi Arabia with uh, MBS. They're going to throw this deal on the table and shove it down the throats of the Palestinians. Whether or not the PA is involved or not, that's what I think is well, going to happen. Well, I mean, shove it down their throats, we know that for sure, and through different mechanisms. And that's why we know that they've been basically, you know, blackmailing them, uh, starving them. Starving them. Uh, Bombing them. You know, well, Gaza, we know. Gaza, they have a whole different thing, you know, for Gaza. Gaza, they think, once... The Palestinian Authority basically signs that deal of the century. They can deal with, with Hamas and make them disband. I mean, in my opinion, all these things, I think they're testing the ground. This, that this last recent attack That's right. on Gaza was just basically testing the, the ground to see how much of the resistance is there. And I think they were surprised. And, and we, we'll talk about this. Yeah, we should talk about that. By the way, you're listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. We're at 89.5 FM. We're live streaming live streaming on Facebook Live at Jamal Dejani 2. And you can hear us streaming at kpo.com. Yeah, we should talk about that at some point, Jamal. We are. Yeah, so, so the last thing, of course, Gaza, you know, uh, the Israeli Hasbara machine and its surrogates right here in the United States, they, they tried to sell this uh, victim image of Israel being attacked, including people like uh, Trump's uh, campaign spokesperson taking a video from the Ukraine. I don't know if you saw that video yeah. and saying that Hamas, oh, it's, it's like, oh, gee, if Hamas had this uh, technology, <laughs> it would be a different story. You know, they were showing these uh, um uh, rockets being launched in the Ukraine and saying Hamas was doing that. But anyway, besides the point, Israel basically tried to bring uh, Gaza back again well, to their, the Gazans, in, you know, to their but, knees. But we should. And this was, I would say, this time was a testing ground because they're expecting that at some point, if they succeed with the deal of the century, meaning if they succeed with the Palestinian Authority, now they have to deal with. Gaza, and let's test the ground there. I, this is what I believe. No, I think you're right. Let's test the ground but, but there. That's, that's why I think this last 
this last flare-up changes the calculus significantly, Jamal. Let's just look a little bit. I know you have some stats which are really important, but I want to put this in a larger context. It's horrible first that you know you had 111 Palestinians who were injured. You had 24 who were killed. You had four children. You had a pregnant woman who was killed. The carnage was absolutely devastating. And um, But in the larger context, Hamas did something this time, which changes the military calculus significantly. And the Israelis backed down very quickly this time, which is, from the, uh, from the Israeli standpoint, interesting. And the reason why— Well, they agreed, agreed, uh, agreed to a ceasefire within 48 hours. Within 48 hours, which is highly unusual because the Netanyahu policy has always been, and I put this in quote, to bring Hamas to its knees. Quite the opposite happened. Hamas was able to fire 600-plus rockets, the majority of which, Jamal, this is the important point, were able to evade the Iron Dome, you know, protective system that the Israelis got from the United States. So this Iron Dome, which is supposed to protect the Israelis from any rockets coming from the Gaza Strip, completely failed. I mean, it Well, well, let's talk about... Actually, the stats and talk yeah, about yeah. Let's talk about you the know. Stats so, from of course Israel perspective, and if you read it in some of the Israeli media, they would say no, they did not fail. They were able to intercept eighty percent plus. The reality is that the reality is there, very is no, there is no proof that they have intercepted more than thirty percent. Thirty percent is what I read. So, but if you take that, if you look at this. Right. So so they have the Iron Dome, Iron Dome system at 80 million dollars per battery. I repeat that 80 million dollars per battery. Israel per site, per site. They call it per battery. 80 million dollars. And how many are there? Every inter every interception or the lack of. In other words, every time you fire. It's a million dollars. No, no, no. It's $80,000. Oh, $80,000. $80,000 per... Per missile. Missile. Okay. Then they have another system, which, which is actually more successful than the Iron Dome, which is called the David Sling. And it uses like a combination of new technology with Patriot missiles, whatever. And this one... Per interception, it costs two million dollars. Okay, two million. So if you go the cheap route, it's eighty thousand dollars <laughs> per shot, or you can go to two million dollars. And of course, so when you're talking about the intercepting, by the way, Hamas rockets, these rockets, they cost less than two three hundred dollars each. I, I'm not even sure they're that much. Yeah, well, these are some of them yeah. are the longer range, but they are really rudimentary, very cheap. So this whole kind of mirage that they've created, you know, and this is a big deal for actually, I said, for the Israeli media. I was reading about it in the most conservative paper in Israel, Israel Hayom, which is financed by your friend Sheldon Edelson. Sheldon Edelson. That's yes, his paper. Sheldon Edelson. And it is Netanyahu's paper, pretty much. It's there set up to support, you know, the Likud and Netanyahu and others. And they said... It's not cost effective. This is crazy. Yeah, we have to protect Israeli lives. But in a way, without admitting it, we've lost the war because, you know, it's ridiculous. And they kind of the question mark, what if we had a confrontation with Hezbollah 
who they have more sophisticated much more sophisticated missiles or Iran so they're kind of they have that worry so that testing which in my opinion failed failed because this but it, in my opinion the the recent attack on Gaza was a reaction to the approaching date of the deal of the century yes. to see the capabilities of Hamas and possibly to degrade them they failed in degrading them right. and then they found out it's not going Hamas is not going to be an easy sell that's a that's a really good point Jamal so i think it's safe to say that the israeli attack um, if you look at it from a military standpoint it failed miserably even if we take their estimate Jamal that they hit they were able to intercept 80% which is not been independently verified it's probably closer to 30% but even if we give them that it was 80%, it's still a military failure. If, if, if you have 600 rockets and 20% make it through the most sophisticated military system in the world, you have failed militarily. It's a failure. Politically now, this attack it was a failure to Netanyahu because the Israelis succumbed, the, the, the most you know, powerful military you know, in the Arab world, was really brought to its knees. And uh, we could say politically uh, it was a failure for the Netanyahu government. That's why I think this changes the entire calculus of Netanyahu's forming of a government. It changes the calculus of the deal, the no deal of the century. I think we're in a brand new era right now, Jamal, because, you know, the Hamas rockets are a joke. Let's be I mean, we might as well be we might as well be honest. Well, they're, about it. they're very rudimentary they're, they're, in, in the, for the 21st century warfare. For 18th century warfare, <laughs> and, uh, and and come on, you bring the one of the most powerful militaries in the world. You you kind of bring it to its knees based on that kind of technology. As you said, what happens if they come up against the the Hezbollah in the south of Lebanon? There's there's no way. Well, I mean, also, it, it, it gives you a reading to what's going to happen next. Yeah. And that's why I keep coming back. This was a, like a testing ground for Netanyahu to feel out Hamas because they, they know failed. that Kushner is going to hand deliver the deal of the century to Abu Mazen and, ex and they expect him to sign. And the obstacle for them is Gaza. So they wanted to test this to see, well... If the Palestinians accept the deal, then we can for force it upon the rest, upon right. Gaza, because now we have a partner. They always talk about, you know, they always say no partner, no partner. So, so that test, and you could, you could, you know, I mean, you could see it from all the different statements. I'll give you another statement, the statement that recently was said uh, by uh, Michael Oren. You remember Michael Oren? The former ambassador, yeah. Okay, so this is the former uh, Israeli ambassador in Washington, D.C., and now he actually, he's like Benjamin Netanyahu's right-hand man. He's like, almost like His conciliar, the, the yeah. vice prime minister. I don't right. know what, he, you know, he's a, he has, a, I think, a portfolio of a minister there. And he said, you know, if this is going to go on, we have to get rid of every Hamas mem member. We have to, basically are saying, Genocide. Force them out. Either e either destroy them. I mean, again, just want to remind our listeners, um, Michael Oren, a.k.a. his real name is Michael Bornstein, 
and he's from upstate New York. He's an just, American citizen. Just, just for born and raised <laughs> in New York and in New Jersey. And was on. the Israeli ambassador and, uh, to the yeah. United States. So he's saying he was actually calling for the ethnic cleansing. I mean, we were talking about like of, uh, of people in Gaza, either by killing them, slaughtering them, or transferring them. I mean, here's someone coming from New York. He wants to transfer a Palestinian out of uh, Gaza. Right. I mean, these guys, and for you know, people who don't know about Gaza, 70% of the residents of Gaza have been already ethnically cleansed from places like Jaffa, Haifa, Akka, etc., right? And he wants to transfer them again outside G- Gaza to make that deal of the century work. And it's okay so there for is him a to lot of right. They're putting a lot of uh, stakes into that deal of the century. So I, I, I have some predictions, Jamal. You know, I like to make predictions, right? So my feeling is, is uh, and this is no surprise because everybody knows that Jared Kushner is a joke. Um, and no one takes Jared Kushner seriously. I take him seriously. I, I disagree uh, with you. Uh, I think he's a he's a when, complete joke. Uh, he's may, a complete maybe you joke. think, but he has concocted something very very dangerous. Right, but for the Palestinians. But, but here's my here's part of the prediction. I don't think the the Israelis will not be able to get it together to make this happen. We have heard whisperings that MBS is not even happy with this, even though he's footing the bill. We've heard even some. I'm trying to find the right word without being too harsh. But even the king of Jordan, uh, King Abdullah, who has not been the most, div- you know, you know, ardent supporter of Palestinian sovereignty or, uh, you know, Palestinian dignity, um, even the king of Jordan has said publicly, who knows what he said privately, that he's not on board with the deal. So there's still a lot of moving parts, even though I fear that this is just going to be a U.S.-Israeli kind of plan that's forced down the throats of Palestinians. I do believe that there's so much change now with the calculation of what happened with this latest flare-up and MBS is getting cold feet. Uh, who knows about CC and King Abdullah is getting, you know, somewhat cold feet. I don't, I don't see how it happens. Plus, we have another wild card, Jamal. What if Netanyahu cannot form a government? And what if he gets indicted? What happens next? Um, I think you're more optimistic <laughs> than I am. I have no faith, and I repeat that, of any of any Arab leader. Yeah, I don't. Not to backstab the Palestinians. True that. And if they are going to do it, this is going to be the time they're going to do it. Because to get it done with. They can do it with be, Trump. Not only this, but because of the status of the Arab world, because of the U.S. hegemony all over the Middle East, uh, we uh, the disarray that we have there, uh, Saudi Arabia, of course, with the latest attacks on it uh, by the international community because of the uh, the uh, assassination of uh, Jamal Khashoggi, they are in no position to kind of confront uh, Donald Trump and the power of the U.S. And they know that, you know, this guy you don't mess around with. No. And they are, there is no negotiations with him. So I'm not as optimistic to say, oh, they're going to reject it. Well, we so, have. So yeah, I no, feel. No, I think you're I right. I feel we are at a crossroad. 
that is just as dangerous if, yeah. and devastating to Palestinians as the Nakba. I agree with you. And I don't use that because for us this is the biggest, the, catastrophe. The biggest catastrophe. I think we're coming you know, full circle to a grander even catastrophe where all these actors starting, you know, we, we just keep talking about Trump and Kushner, but there are many supporters and stars and co-stars and players and they have a deep bench, uh, Jess. They do. Who are conspiring to basically liquidate the Palestinian cause. That's right. This is the grand plan. That's what they're telling you. This is what you started when you said, Kushner, we gave the Palestinians so much. We've done the most for the oh, Palestinians. And they haven't given us they anything. They haven't given us. Uh, this, is, this is basically, this is selling it to the rest of the players to say, Enough is enough. Instead of standing with human rights, with justice, let's just get rid of these pests. This is how they're well, looking th at th it. Th that's exactly right, Jamal. And, 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 I, and I don't think you should confuse my, uh, my analysis with optimism because, and frankly, I'm not optimistic. What, what I will say is, is that there are still some, a lot of moving parts here, mostly political, that could interfere with the full realization of this Kushner no deal of the century. Whatever happens, Jamal, it's bad news for Palestinians. Whatever happens, it's going to be devastating for Palestinians. Even if nothing happens, Jamal, Gaza is still living in a siege past a decade now. The West Bank economically is on the verge of collapse. The Palestinian Authority is, has no authority. And so even if nothing happens, it's, it's devastating for the Palestinians. I think the only hope that Palestinians have, and this is to basically when this drops, and it's going to drop soon, because they keep saying June, they've been keep postponing it for the past two years, but I think it's just coming to an end. They cannot keep postponing it. Now they're saying, and they have confirmed, the deal of the century after Ramadan. is going to come after Ramadan. So, wow, they're so generous because, you know, after Ramadan, it's Eid. <laughs> so they're bringing Palestinians a, a gift. A gift. You know. Yeah, there's going to be a harus slaughtered, a, a but gift, it's going to be a gift the that they, you know, it's like they're making them an offer they cannot refuse. They're making an offer that they cannot accept. You know. And that and, and that will be forced and down their so, throats. So, yeah. Beware of the deal of the century. No, be beware of Jared Kushner bringing you gifts. Because again, you know, uh, maybe I'm re-emphasizing that this is going to be <coughs> catastrophic. And the only hope is for the Palestinians en masse, and I'm, I don't have any hope from government officials or what have you, is to reject it immediately. It has to be rejected. And to reject it immediately and to demand on the ground equal rights because what Israel has created, it has created an apartheid regime worse than South Africa. Yeah. And everyone knows that. Yeah. I think it should be rejected outright. Every Palestinian should reject this. If Abu Mazen wants to go to his grave with even a modicum of dignity, the best, and that includes all of the elites of the Palestinian Authority, the least they could do to have a little bit of dignity is to reject this deal full stop. That's the only option. And then, you know, what you're going to see with the deal of the century, Jamal, is you're going to see more flare-ups with Hamas in Gaza. You're going to see more 
uprisings uh, in the West Bank. You're going to see more international pressure brought to bear on the Israelis. So if you do the political calculus, it's in the Palestinians' best interest uh, politically and globally to reject this deal. The EU has already come out and said that they don't support the deal, even with the little that they know about it. So I'm hoping, even though I don't believe this, because I'm We've been burnt by the Palestinian Authority so many times. The best solution to this catastrophe is to reject the no deal of the century. You you are listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco. This is 89.5 FM. Of course, we welcome all our viewers on Facebook Live. Uh, we have few minutes left. I, I do want to say one quick thing, Jamal. Do you, uh, I mean, just one thing since we're on Palestine. You know the the reporting of the of the uh, uh, of what happened in Palestine last week was absolutely abysmal. Of course, we need to say it. We need to say that the way it was packaged for the American citizenry is that Hamas fired rockets and Israel defend itself. What they failed to contextualize is that last Friday, what happened is that the Israelis shot and killed a pregnant woman, a child, and a number of people. On and her, and baby, also her toddler baby her to girl. Her toddler baby girl shot and murdered uh, protesters, peaceful protesters that come out every Friday. That has been ongoing. Ongoing. And they murdered these people in cold blood by the Israeli military. And, you know, they did that on the, on the I think it was, was that, that was the day be just before Ramadan or was at the start of Ramadan, I'm not sure. But anyways, they did that. And of course, Palestinians are going to defend themselves, Jamal, but it was never articulated or described by anybody, even in the progressive media, Jamal. Well, let's start, by, let's start with the New York Times. Do we have to? I mean, yes, because it's the most widely... Red newspaper. No, actually, it's not. Actually, U.S. Uh, USA, USA Today. USA, yeah, uh, actually. But in anyways, the New York Times, and with its headlines, the way they have been describing Israel's under attack and Israel is responding. Responding. And the way they have covered the death of the pregnant woman and her, I think, two-year-old daughter, and the way they covered the death of an, an Israeli and the injury. Just look at the headlines, the way it was. This is, this is ev on, on every single day. They was just disgusting. Basically, exactly. This, it was disgusting. This, you know. So then not only this, but also on TV and in social media, and then the statements that were issued, with the exception of Ilhan Omar, and Rashida Tlaib are the only ones and a few others saying, listen, this is not what happened. This slaughter of Palestinians in Gaza, this siege has has to come to an end. And everybody started jumping on, on Ilhan Omar. On yeah. Ilhan Omar. Yeah. Because the rhetoric in Congress and the cheerleaders, cheerleaders for, for genocide, for genocide, they were every day going on TV. And then, of course, I've mentioned now uh, back to Trump's campaign, his campaign uh, spokeswoman, 
She doesn't even exaggerate that she has to lie and put a video from the Ukraine. She put a Ukrainian video. A Ukrainian video. Uh, saying, look know, at what Hamas has. Has and, and, and with, with like a, a volley of thousands of rockets, you know, going like, you know, complicated, I mean, sophisticated. Well, she's rockets. a serial liar. She's, she, a serial, she's, she, she's a serial she's a liar, liar like like her boss. Hey, we only have uh, a minute or so, Jamal. I don't know. Was there something else you wanted to cover today? We didn't cover anything about the Mueller report. We didn't cover anything about uh, Attorney General Barr being held in contempt of court. Well, a couple of things. I mean, we're going to get back to these. But next expect, week, expect from us really what we have to go and talk about. And we're working on this, folks is to talk about Sudan. I think it's yeah, really we'll be amazing about what's going on in Sudan. Sudan, exactly. Also, uh, Algeria. So that, listen, thanks for joining us today, everybody. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. Check us out at our website if you want to listen to our podcasts or listen to parts of this again. We're at arabtalkradio.com. Check us out at Facebook Live, Jamal Dejani too. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.